Hey everybody, I wanna to come to you today just before today's show and let you know about a very special announcement that we have coming up. So I wanna let you know that we started this podcast, Christy and I did a couple years ago, for a main purpose of bringing blended families together in community. That's our sole purpose of why we wanna do this. We wanna help inform and teach and encourage, but ultimately what we wanna do is we wanna bring blended families that are in the Christian church together to help support one another. And that is how perfectly blended one day event, the live event came about. Last year, we were lucky enough, blessed enough to be able to have our very first live event in Flint, Michigan, which is near our home. And so this year we're doing it again. So if you don't know this already, we've tried to talk about it quite a bit, but on November 5th, 2022, we are going to have our Perfectly Blended 2022, which is our second live event. It's gonna be for you if you have a blended family, if you've been divorced and you are remarried, it's a marriage event for people that have blended families or step families. And the reason why we put it that way is we understand the core of the health of the family uh, next to your relationship with Christ is your relationship with your spouse. And so much of that is, is true. It's just so much truth in that. And so we have a whole full day event that we want to help encourage, teach, and just, you know, bring community together. And that's what this day is for. It's a full day event, right? So it's from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. There's going to be guest speakers. We're going to have breakout groups. We're going to have a panel discussion, which is going to be a fun twist to that. We're going to have lunch provided. It is $10 a couple to come, but if you're listening to this and you haven't got your tickets yet, we want to make sure that you have an opportunity to come at no cost to you. So if you go to joshandchristy.com today, you can enter promo code CHURCH during checkout. So C-H-U-R-C-H, you can put that promo code in and you can get two free tickets to come to this event. It's completely free. You're going to get more than just... Uh, an amazing time. Okay, you're going to get a, a book that's going to be a workbook that's going to be full of awesome stuff that you can take notes on. You're going to get some swag that's going to go along with it. You're going to have an opportunity to win. That's right. If you come and you show up and you are present, you can win uh, a prize, a grand prize worth over $750 just for showing up. So I'm going to encourage you to do that. So you can go to joshandchristy.com. I'll make sure to include the link so you can do that today. So if you're hearing this and it's not November 5th, it is not too late to register. If you have any questions, please make sure you let us know. You can email us or you can direct message us on social media. We look forward to seeing you that day. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Perfectly Blended Podcast. On today's episode, you'd never guess it, we have another incredible interview. This is somebody that I can tell you right now, you're going to want to listen to because we've never had anybody like this on before. And when is that coming up? Right now. Thank you so much for joining us on the Perfectly Blended Podcast. This podcast is for blended families, for couples that want to strengthen their marriage and want a brighter future. Perfectly Blended exists to break the stigma of divorce, drop the shame and guilt holding you back, and equip marriages to thrive instead of just survive. We believe all that is possible in this life is based on the power of Jesus Christ and his ability to restore us fully. Let's dive in. Yes, are you ready to dive in? I am one of your hosts, Josh, here with the always Miss Gorgeous, Miss Christy. Baby, how are you? I'm excellent. She is excellent with an excellent alarm going off right now. 
<laughs> okay, but hey, let's just be honest, right? That's how things happen. So we want to introduce an amazing guest that we have today. She is awesome. Her name is Renee Rodriguez. And I want to tell you a little bit about who she is before we jump on. Renee is someone who has been through her own forensic evaluation in a custody battle, right? Custody. Mm -hmm. uh, used her years of expertise and quick understanding and assessment to create a superbly organized body of evidence using categorized templates to provide documentation, which helped the court get a clear picture of the tenor of the co-parenting relationship she was in. Out of this, she has now created amazing templates and workshops she offers on her website, which is bestfootforwardllc.com. And there's so much more. Without further ado, let's introduce and bring on Renee. All right, everybody, I'd like to personally welcome Renee to the show. Renee, welcome. Thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, yeah. You know, there's a whole bunch going on right now, especially, uh, you know, when it comes to blended families, when it comes to divorce. Unfortunately, you understand, you know, how high the divorce rates are. And, you know, you have a real special uh, uh, segment that you're going to bring to our, our audience today, something that we haven't really had anybody on yet and talk about. But before we jump into that, why don't you let everybody know a little bit about who Renee is? Oh, sure. Um, a little bit about me. I, uh, you know, I've, I've actually lived in, I think, almost every major area of the United States. I grew up in the Midwest. I, uh, my childhood was in Ohio, where I played outside whenever I wasn't in school. I participated in church activities and took on service roles, the exact kind of childhood you want, right? Yeah. Uh, and then we moved to California which is where I spent my teens through college. And then some, we started out in the Bay Area. We, I was in Santa Cruz for college, so I got to surf a bit. I was in SoCal after that for a bit. Um, and it was there that I actually experienced the San Francisco earthquake um, back in 1989. Don't try to age me on that one, but uh, <laughs> right at the epicenter. So we got the shaking. The interesting thing about the epicenter is you get the shaking, you get like the rocking and rolling, but you don't get a lot of the destruction because you're right in the epicenter. Mm. So um, I experienced that and then saw what it did afterwards, which is a kind of, you know, milestone in my life, I guess. Um, but after that, I did a bunch of traveling all around the United States, and I ended up in New York City um, for almost 20 years. And there, I started working in a lot of strategy departments and firms, and I served on uh, as on the board of a lot of nonprofits, and that's where I met my son's dad. Um, so I got to experience all these areas. I've swum in both the Pacific and the Atlantic Oceans um, all throughout someone who loves dance and yoga. And um, ultimately where I've landed is that I have the best little nine-year-old boy in the world. <laughs> Might be biased. So, <laughs> yeah. Awesome. For sure. Just a bit biased. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. That's great. So tell us how, after all of that, you, how and why you became an expert in child custody. Sure. Yes. So um, I had ended up, as I as I mentioned, um, meeting my son's dad. Mm -hmm. And um, at first it was a very, very doting relationship. It was doting. It was attentive. You know, it was a, a dream, like on the same page about everything. Told me he loved me quickly, wanted to move in right away. And after a couple of years, um, you know, we had our son. 
And just pretty much right after I found out I was pregnant, there was a real switch in the relationship. It was very, very Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. Mm. Um, and the person who I had been dating seemed to have disappeared completely, right? But in public, I saw that person, but behind closed doors, I didn't. Um, and about five months after my son was born, I ended up calling the domestic violence hotline and saying, hey, I've got the weirdest things. It's he says this, he says that, he does this, he does that. And they they were finishing my sentences. And I was kind of like, I don't, is this? And they said, this is abuse. It's emotional, it's psychological abuse. Um, and my question had been, what do I say? How do I leave? And they were all kind of like, based on everything you're telling us, you need to just go. So um, I left and then went through the process that um, a lot of abuse victims then go through or anybody going through the family court system, which is to say, um, trying to find a lawyer, trying to figure it out, not knowing anything about it. Mm -hmm. So as I was going through it and trying to figure out how do you show the court that the amazing, wonderful, coiffed, gentle sounding man um, that is being presented to them is not the person I experienced. And I ended up with a good lawyer, but there was a gap. I felt like I needed more and I couldn't quite figure out what it was. And through the internet, I had found out that uh, you could recover from emotional abuse and what that might be like. And in doing so, in those same circles, people talked about the coach that I ended up with, Tina Swithin. So Tina became my divorce coach. And when we got to the point where I had a custody evaluation, she said, look, this is not my niche. It's, uh, you know, not my wheelhouse when it comes to this type of thing. I know two people who do this. Um, they're both pretty full, but I'll try to get you in. She couldn't. So she said, do your best. I leaned into my strategy background um, and I put together some materials that I thought would work, that I thought would be useful. She took a look at them and she said, my God. I've never seen anything like this. This is amazing. You've laid everything out so clearly. It's incredible. And she said, you should become a divorce coach, um, to which I basically said, slow your roll. I got to get through this first. Yeah. Um, but she got my wheels turning and a woman who was in uh, recovery with me said, you know, I've seen your stuff. You should absolutely become a divorce coach. Mm -hmm. And so that was sort of the beginning of that journey. Mm. Well, so if you don't let me asking, you know, so when you guys were first going through the divorce, were you employed and your ex-husband were employed at the same time, both working? So uh, I was forced to go back to work because he chose to be underemployed. So he was sort of semi-employed. Um, and I, I was, I was fully employed. I had, of course, uh, thanks to the domestic violence hotline left. So I was a single mom on my own um just trying to figure it out right so yeah i was working and it really took a toll um on my job i had a very um high power type of job and um it showed and my boss basically said that i had sort of lost um lost my edge basically and that maybe i wasn't equipped to do it anymore um, and I learned later that it turns out that that happens a lot when you have people who are going through an abusive uh, court case. Yeah. 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 I asked because uh, in a lot of situations, it's, you know, the husband, like in our situation, Christy and I situation, Christy's the breadwinner of the, of the family. I am not. I've been a stay at home dad for 13 years. And so that's a very unique switch of, of events. So if, you know, for some reason, if we were going to use our situation to yours, you know, the, 
it's interesting to hear how you were able to find resources. You were able to, you know, stand up on your own feet and get out and make sure that you do that. And, and it sounds like you're just a very resourceful person, which is, I would assume is probably super helpful in your situation. Yes. Um, I've, I've always been uh, very resourceful. So, um, I don't think I would have really figured it out had I not had a friend come up to me a few weeks before to say, I think you're being mentally abused. And I was basically like, what is that? Um, and that's when I started doing research. And the, when I had the day that the straw broke the camel's back and he was upset with me because his videos that he was trying to upload wouldn't upload. And it was my fault because he was researching something I'd had a question on. Um, I ended up going online and kind of doing more research on that. That's when I found the domestic violence power wheel, which I now use quite a bit in my work. And I saw the phases of what I'd been through, the love bombing, right? He, he, he was on the same page as, as me with everything. He knew everything about me. We were, uh, our first few dates were at a Starbucks all night. We talked all night long, right? He was constantly emailing me. He was constantly texting me. He constantly had his eye on me. Right. Um, and then we went into control and isolation and then it turned into abuse the minute I told him that I was pregnant. Uh -huh. um, and there are a lot of horror stories that are folded into that, you know, a lot of things that almost sound like, well, somebody wouldn't actually do that. Um, but that, that is what ends up, ends up happening with psychological abuse is that the stories don't sound believable. They yeah. sound made up because they're so odd. They're so bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. So what gave you the desire to start helping others then with custody issues? So one of the things that I have been doing on the side um, was I've always been a teacher and a trainer. Um, and for a while I'd been a professor. So I've always been a teacher. Like when I was kids, you know, we, we would play with our cousins and they had this big chalkboard and I was always playing teacher with them and they were younger than me. So I've always been someone who's also been teaching and I had been training people for a long time. And so making a switch over was easy because I'm a certified instructional designer. And what an instructional designer does in case, um, anybody in your audience isn't sure, cause it's. It's an odd sounding thing um, is you learn how to teach people anything, even if you're not an expert in that area. Oh. Um, so I know nothing about programming, but if I were to sit with a program and interview them with several hours uh, for several hours, I could I could absolutely create a curriculum that would teach them what they need people to know in order to use whatever they're creating. So I decided, you know what? I I do want to take this thing that I've created, this sort of blueprint um, that I've created for this, and I want to start helping others. So I just started doing it. And then that same friend who who was in recovery with me said, okay, now you got to actually start, you know, making this your career. I think you need to not just be sort of doing it a little bit. I think you need to jump in. So I studied up and became um, quite an expert in narcissism, um, leaned into my strategy experience um, and just kind of took the teaching, put that in the mix and became a coach. Mm -hmm. And in doing so, um, the, the niche that I had had that my coach had suggested to help people in particular through their custody evaluations, I suddenly realized, well, that's still my niche. Um, the interesting thing about it is that 
everything that I teach people and that I help them with really applies to their entire case from start to finish. Yeah. We realized that we would just help people do custody A to Z when they're up against, when they're in a, a, a very, um, you know, statistically, we've seen the gender bias, right? So they're in a system that is stacked against them quite possibly. And plus, nobody takes family court 101 in college. Yeah. <laughs> so people don't know what they're walking into. And so you expect it's like what you see on TV, right? And um, it's anything but it's, it's quite different. So people need to figure out how to navigate that and how to convince the court that that charming, wonderful person that's sitting over there is actually quite abusive behind closed doors, either emotionally, spiritually, or physically. Yeah. So when you, okay, so as, as a coach in your position, do you work in conjunction with a, an attorney? How does this work? Like explain to us a little bit of the process on how that would work. Let's just say you have a friend of yours, a personal friend of yours, and they're getting ready to go through this. And how would you assist them in this? What would you suggest? Um, well, so we teach people how to partner more strongly with their lawyers and in doing so uh, statistically their chances of um, winning their case or getting the custody agreement they want um, really rises quite dramatically so then the way that i work is that there's sort of three pillars to you know the custody blueprint that i put together it's strategy evidence and mindset so where do I come in with that? Um, surprisingly, um, and most lawyers will admit this, they don't get trained in strategy. Lawyers aren't trained in strategy. They're trained in case law. They're, sure. they're trained in process and procedure. Yeah. Um, and we mistake that for strategy. And while you might meet lawyers who have also trained in strategy or have a particularly gifted strategic mind, for the yeah. most part, that's actually not the case but you still need them. You need a whole team around you and you've got to have them representing you and you've got to have them knowing what the case law is and you've got to have them knowing the players that you're up against, right? The people who are in the court with you. So we help with strategy because of my strategic background, right? The second pillar then of course is evidence. What a lot of people think is I'm gonna get all this evidence that I've got, all these text messages and emails and these nasty voicemails. I'm gonna bring them in, I'm gonna plunk them down and then they're gonna see what we're dealing with. Interestingly enough, that backfires. Mm. So then what we do is we help people by taking our strategy and our analysis and we come in and we say, give us your evidence. Let's take a look at it. And let's teach you how to take a look at it. So we go through and we say, I know you love this piece of evidence. It's not going to work. The court doesn't care about this or it'll backfire on you or on its own. It's not enough or something about it actually will be twisted against you. There's a number of reasons that we reject evidence. And so we help them put together the most compelling, relevant evidence. Then we take that evidence that we've chosen and we put it in our templates, which are which have a psychological design. There's a design to it so that when you present your evidence, your proof, you're also doing it in a persuasive way mm. so that they're compelled to read it and so that they get it right away mm. and they can see the whole picture just on a piece of paper. Then the third pillar, of course, is mindset. And there's really a few different things we're doing with that. One is, you know, people who have been through psychological or physical abuse by and large are suffering from PTSD. And many of those people also have CPTSD, which is part of what um, ended them up in the relationship they're in. Not their fault. 
in any way, form or manner, but it is one of the factors that could lead an abuser to be attracted to you. All right. So if we've got people who have trauma and they also are going to have anxiety disorder, that mm -hmm. doesn't show up well in court. Like we noticed that we would give people their strategy. We would help them with their lawyers. We would help them with their evidence and it would be stellar. And then they would mess up in court. And so we started adding that into it. And that's our third pillar. The next piece of it, of course, when it comes to mindset is how is your parenting and what are your kids going to say about you? Let's look at your parenting and let's be honest with you about places you could improve because now's the time. And let's also take a look at your strengths and let's show you how to really, really lean into the strengths so that your children will speak about them without you ever bringing them into the court case, without you ever trying to coach them, because you should not be bringing your children into the case. They get pulled into it because the court has to know, but outside of that, shouldn't be talking about court to your kids. And so yeah. we take them through that and we support them with it so that they are appearing in court the best they can and they're supporting their children as best they can. The transition is bad enough, it's hard enough, but when you add in the abuse, and you add in the ugly custody battle, it can get very difficult for children. But if they have just one healthy parent to get them through it, then they won't be as deeply affected. And so we kind of help give resources. Now, me and my team, we're, we always talk about, we're not giving you legal advice, we're not doing therapy, but man, do we have the resources that the, not only the court likes to see, but that we know is just plain good for your life, for your kids and for you. So we found the resources that combine both of those things. It's no good doing something that's good for court. If it's not good for you, if it's not good for your kids, for your family. Yeah. Right. So that's really the way that we work. And so that's how we come in and work with people. It's very white glove. It's high touch. Um, it's rewarding. It's exhausting. But, um, you know, the results we get make us happy. And yeah. it's just it's about protecting the kids and it's about protecting the victims. Yeah. So, so we know, we know a lot of, well, I shouldn't say a lot, but we know a handful of people that they're already divorced, let's just say, and then their ex continues to take them back to court for more, for like more things. And you know, the yeah. courts have like, you should only, the lawyers say you should only communicate with your ex through this one specific app, you know, only talk to each other through that. So we'll do that, right. things like that. But if you have an ex that is a high conflict, the, the couple's already divorced, but now they're in another custody battle due to a high conflict or narcissistic ex. Do you guys also help couples that are in that too? Yeah. So we help with post-separation abuse. Part of what we do with people who are in a custody battle is put a couple of measures in place so that they have a lot more peace after the ink is dry on either a court order or agreement. Okay. But the number one reason we find when we get people who have already been through it and now they're back in it, yeah, like what you described, when we get those kinds of clients, um, the number one thing we notice right off the bat is that their court order or their agreement is not at all set up to be uh, to have a narcissist or a high conflict co-parent. It just isn't. Yeah. Um, I've even seen clients come in who say that they were issued a one-page um, uh, agreement. Um, the agreements that we put together are, are lengthy. They're very detailed. Um, but you know, moms come back later, and they're like, "This is night and day." 
yes, this person is still problematic, but their hands are kind of tied for taking me back to court. Yeah. Right. So um, that, so we try to preempt it. And then when we get people who come afterward, um, you know, when they're back in it, then we kind of put them on that course as best we can, mm -hmm. which many times does mean that we're saying, okay, instead of defending yourself, let's help you um, decide if you want to file a motion to actually yeah. modify the heck out of what you've got. Yeah. Because if you keep with what you've got, you're going to be in court again and again and again. Yeah, Your children that's good. Are going to college. You're never going to be able, you're going to be refining constantly because you're going to be paying your lawyers and your coaches and your therapists again and again and again, and it needs to come to a stop. And so one of the, one of our templates is a settlement agreement that you can either use when you're, you know, in a settlement conference, or we teach people how to take that agreement to their lawyer and say, let's get this in front of the judge when the time comes, because it's just got to be set up in a way to try to close all the loopholes yeah. and sort of the reinterpretations that come out. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you're, you're talking and I can just completely relate to personally, you know, to a lot of this stuff. And so a lot of our audience really is ink dry, right? There is a lot of ink dry that yeah. happens with our audience. And so we think to ourselves, uh, at least from my standpoint as a guy, right? So I felt like, I mean, I had, I wasn't the irresponsible father, right? I was the responsible one. And she was the irresponsible one, but she was so high conflict. It was, she would raise a stink and it was constantly having to take her back to court and constantly do things. But what I like about this service that you offer is, is you give, it feels like you well equip because you mentioned something early on that really resonated with me personally is you mentioned something about attorneys and that they do, they understand case law. But to be able to give me a strategy where I feel confident yeah. that I can actually do something about it, that's very different than saying, okay, pay me a bunch of money and we'll see what we can do. And that's that's very, very, very different. And so in, in my eyes, and I know in my wife's eyes, is how do you how do you do these things though and make sure that you try and keep the children not involved in it? Like you must you must encounter that quite a bit. Oh, all the time. Yeah. So you know, it would take me far too long to talk about some of the things that we do but if i were to boil it down um from a from a almost case study perspective you know we we might find we often find ourselves taking uh, any given client and hearing okay what is it that you're hearing from the kids what is it that's going on on the other side and we give them language for what to say to their kids, because I am, I personally make sure that none of, and my team is the same way. We do not believe in sugarcoating anything because there's no reason, the court likes to see that you're collaborating and that you're not bad mouthing um, a very problematic um, co-parent, right? You don't have to badmouth them, but you also shouldn't be joining and gaslighting your children because that's the advice you're getting, yeah. right? And so we teach them how to use language where they're validating what their children are experiencing and they're understanding that what they're experiencing isn't okay, isn't normal, is, is a burden that they've got, but that they're okay people, right? Mm -hmm. And then the other piece of it is, how do you keep yourself from bad-mouthing the other parent, especially when they've done or said something that just sends you into another room close to tears or yeah. makes to like squeeze a pillow so hard until your fingers are red, right? Um, 
we also work with people to kind of say, okay, here's the types of things. Here's the, it can be breathing. It can be mantra. It can be the stuff that I like to call hippy dippy because I'm kind of hippy dippy, mm -hmm. but it is the kind of stuff because what we're doing is we're looking at your parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous systems. And this kind of stuff actually contributes. And it feels like, well, no, this is just a custody battle. The custody battle is about you as a parent and what your kids are feeling and saying. And so it all kind of comes together. And that's how we support people who are going through that. And then we hit the books and we're kind of like, okay, in this template, what have we got? When you're looking for evidence, have you thought about this? Oh, no, I didn't think about that go look for this type of thing. We're going to use it. Bring mm -hmm. this in front of your lawyer, see what you think. Yeah. So with all of the experience that you do have, what's the greatest advice, like the one thing that you could offer our audience that's struggling with custody issues right now, besides reaching out to you guys and hiring you guys? Preparation. Um, okay. You know, you just hinted toward, you know, your, your lawyer isn't going to give you the strategy. They're just case law. How do you get that confidence? The more prepared people feel, the more likely they are no. to go in and basically say, I've got this and I'm doing the right thing. Because when you're in a custody battle, sometimes you feel like you're not even doing the right thing, even though you know yeah. you're doing the best. That's and true. so with the preparation, when you know what you're coming up against, what it's like to go back in and what that means, how it is that you can prepare it so that the judge is really seeing things as supposed to be the GAL or minors council, whatever it's called in your jurisdiction, that you're able to really, really prepare. It'll give you that confidence. And in that preparation is one of the things that I do hate saying to my clients when their case is done is don't stop documenting. You can't stop documenting. Yeah, you don't okay. Vigilant. You don't ha even have to be vigilant, but you do have to be consistent and you do have to compartmentalize. Just have your log, write that nothing happened, that something happened and let it go. Spend no more than two minutes doing so and move on so that when you do go back to court, you're not unprepared and it's not he said, she said. It's, I thought this day might come, Your Honor. Um, I, I have been somewhat prepared, here's what I've got. And that preparation will make all the difference in the world. And most of that preparation is in the documentation and in having professionals behind you. Have your kids have therapists, mm. stay close to their people, their coaches and teachers, so that when you can lean on them just for community, but you also know that they'll speak to what's really going on yeah. when you're yanked back into court. Yeah. You know, the thing is that I love so much about this is that <clears throat> It's definitely helping protect the adult, but mostly it's centered around doing what's best for the child. And that's such an important thing. You know, it's it's easy to to see, and it's all honesty, it's easy to see children as property. You know, and when we're going through something as ugly as a divorce, it's easy to see, but children are not. And, yeah. and let's be honest, when we get remarried, it's never the the child's desire is to be have a new step parent or a new parent. So yeah. You know, it's just an amazing thing to see that. So but what, something I love too that I've noticed on your website is you guys do things virtual. So as we wrap this up, do us a little bit of a, a favor and give us a little idea of how our audience nationwide could get a hold of you and connect with you. Sure. Um, you can go to the custodyblueprint.com um, and you can see us there. 
uh, on there, there is a, a, there's a free masterclass that you can just take, and that's going to give you a lot of information right there. And it might be mm -hmm. enough. And then if you need us more, you can find us on there. Um, for people who are kind of like, I've been through it, I get the A to Z, all I need is a little bit of this, that, and the other thing, then um, custodytemplates.com might be a spot to get some of that psychological design, those templates that I and my team have created for people who are just kind of like, all we're doing is we're going in for this, here's what I need, let me just find that. Um, so custodyblueprint.com or custodytemplates.com for our digital shop. All right. So what we'll do, just so the audience knows, uh, we will make sure to put that down in the show notes so you can get a hold of Renee and her team at any time. She has a free masterclass that you can take. It's no cost. Get in there and get connected. You know, it's important that our audience knows that there is a resource. There is something available that you don't have to go through this alone. So Renee, we want to thank you so much for giving us your time today and sharing your, your, your wisdom and your experience uh, with our audience. Thank you so much. Gosh, Christy, thank you. It's been awesome to be here. Yeah, thanks. What an absolute incredible, incredible interview. What did you think? I think this is one of the best guests we've ever had yeah. because she offers something to blended families specifically. That's why I asked one of the questions, like a lot of people are already divorced and they're remarried and they're still getting drug into custody battles with their exes, you know, and that is such a reality for blended families or people that are preparing to blend right now. You know, they're getting ready to marry someone potentially that has a high conflict ex or a narcissistic ex. And this is so such valuable information to know that's out there. It is. And as she teaches teaches you how to handle it on your own and she can do it with you as well. She has a free workshop. Like there's just so much going on. So we're going to make sure we put everything down in the show notes. So if you haven't already, make sure you check down below in the show notes and click on her links, check out what she has and make sure that you contact her or look and just look through everything that she yeah. has. So we want to thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you so much. And we'll look forward to seeing you next Tuesday at seven. Bye.